Hello, everyone. This is Mark Vina with more insights and strategy. Today is Monday, uh, March 23rd, according to my Apple Watch. Um, it's uh, day eight of the coronavirus uh, work from home edict from various state governments across the, uh, across the country. Um, as many of you know, who have been listening to uh, the more insights and strategy podcast. We did one last week with the uh, entire team with um, uh, Pat Moorhead, who's the uh, founder of More Insights and Strategy, along with uh, Will Townsend, who's one of my colleagues, who covers the 5G and the carrier space. And uh, we, we had a podcast purely based on, hey, what, you know, uh, you know, tidbits, what kind of best practices could we share on what it's like to work from home? We've gotten quite a few uh, requests from that from, uh, from our readers and the people who uh, routinely we interface with. And, uh, you know, you know, let's face it, you know, a huge amount of um, Americans who are working from the office are now working at home. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the nice thing about some of the things that we shared in our podcast last week at a high level, we, we talked quite a bit about the gear that we typically, uh, we, we use, utilize at our home, homes uh, for working on a day-to-day -day basis. And I thought it would be a great idea to reach out to um, one of the companies, frankly, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, who's been playing in the uh, wireless router space and other areas, of course, for years. And that's a company called Netgear. You probably know them. Uh, they're one of the, I mean, they are the New York Yankees. I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm going to use that analogy. <laughs> but they're, the, they're, they're the New York Yankees um, of the, uh, the, the wireless router space. And, uh, you know, I've been following them as a company um, for, from a more insights and strategy perspective for um, upwards of a couple of years right now. And I thought I'd reach out to them because I thought that we, uh, we could probably share some interesting uh, tips and techniques of uh, some of the things that you should look at when considering the, probably, probably the first major decision you make is what kind of wireless router should you have in your home? Because if you don't have good, uh, good internet access, if you don't have really good broadband experience, you're probably not gonna have a great uh, work from home experience, although there's a lot of other variables. So with that, I wanna introduce David Henry, who is the SVP of the, um, uh, of the product group at uh, Netgear. Uh, David, introduce yourself. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, David Henry, I've been with Netgear just about 16 years. I'm a senior vice president of our connected home business, which is the routers and gateways and modems uh, that you're probably most familiar with uh, that Netgear has in, in our consumer assortment. Yep. Well, David, thank you for joining us. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, I think the, it's fair to say that Netgear is kind of like a ground zero right now of the whole work from home I won't say it's a movement, but you know what uh, what people are doing. I think America is going to change in many ways when we come out of this, in terms of the way we work and the way we kind of behave um, from a work engagement standpoint. But um, the uh, obviously the choice of router and you know using wireless um, at home on a regular work from home uh, basis is, is really a bit more complex and sophisticated than you know working home maybe once a week or you know for maybe a couple of days a month and for people who are, have not been you know doing that it's, it's kind of a big decision you know you've got variables like your kids at home uh your wife is probably home in fact the whole family's home right now you know you know uh from a uh, engagement standpoint so david first and foremost you know before we get into the nitty-gritty about wireless routers and the, the internet infrastructure thing um questions that we're certainly going to get into. Give me your perspective on, you know, the kind of questions that you think uh, people should ask themselves when they're going to take on this, con I'm going to work from home now on a sustained basis. Yeah. What are the kind of questions that you, you think that people should ask themselves before they, you know, the, so they have the, a really great productive experience at home? Yeah, and I, I think you're right, Mark. You, you just start with what the customers are doing and then the, the products and, and technology 
is, is the byproduct of the end result. But you first start off with, okay, you know you're gonna work from home. Do you have a good workspace at home? Where is that workspace? So um, when you're working from home one day a week or you're working from home uh, only periodically, um, your workspace space might be different than it is now that you're working from home every day and other people in your home, your spouse and significant others, your children, even your parents might be in your home. Uh, you might have, have a different workspace. Uh, so for me, my workspace, I have a kind of a home office in the first floor. Well, now my sons are in there uh, pretty much all day because that's where they have their stuff. So now I'm finding <laughs> a new work from home area. So I've been kicked out of my home office. Now my new, <laughs> my new home, uh, home office is now um, in the morning. It's a living room. And then later on becomes my bedroom. So those are the kinds of things to think about is where are you going to be working, which lends it. Uh, the next question is, do you have good network connectivity in the location that you're going to be working? Right. And that, that could be your, my bedroom. It could be a living room. In some cases, if there's a full house, you may have to go to the backyard. You may have to go to the patio or the front yard to just to get some quiet and get some peace and, and sometimes get some sunshine because uh, we're going to need it. Right. Well, you know, and, and, you, know you raise a number of um, interesting um, uh, questions because, you know, when someone is not working from home, you know, they're coming home every day, you know, they, they may be watching Netflix at home, they may have a kid, a couple of kids that are playing online games, you know, the internet um, access pressure, you know, rises after five o'clock in the afternoon. Now you've got a situation where people are competing for that, you know, that precious internet bandwidth, wireless bandwidth in the home. And like you said, you know, we're in an environment today, and we're going to get into this in a bit of detail, where, you know, the, the typical smart home today is not just confined to rooms, it's confined to pretty much every piece of, uh, piece of real estate in that, in that domicile that you own, whether it's the backyard, whether it's, you know, rooms that you typically don't think you would need internet access in. And, uh, you know, comprehending that is a big deal. And I think that uh, people really should want to contemplate that because like in your case, David, there's probably a lot of people that, you know, they're going to have to have multiple work at home, you know, um, nooks and crannies to kind of get into. You might, for, for, I'm lucky, you know, I've got a dedicated uh, home office that you can see behind me. But in your case, you know, you're switching back and forth between maybe a couple of different locations. So that's a big, big, um, that's a big consideration. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think, I think you brought up another point is in addition to the location of your home, um, the use case of how many people are on your network at the same time has now changed. Yes. In the old days, uh, I'm working from home, but my kids are at school, right? right? And maybe my wife is, is doing something else. Well, now I'm working from home while my kids are doing whatever they're doing. They're playing online games. They're syncing with their friends. And my wife's doing her thing. So now there's a, a simultaneous usage of the network that really wasn't there before. Uh, and so regardless if you've got coverage of, the, of your work area, that's the first step. Do you have coverage of that workspace? Secondly is, um, is my network robust enough to uh, support multiple sim simultaneous applications? And I think that's uh, the, the kind of the, the second question. And you may not know that until you start to try. Uh, and, and, and sometimes you find out when, when things start to, to break down. Yeah, so let, let's actually jump into that because I think the first thing that people have to ask themselves, you know, I and mean, you almost want to take a piece of paper out and jot this down. What are the you know, three to four, you know, top applications, what I like to call usage models of what, what are you using wireless for? Because, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. Most people are using those top three or four things 80% of the time. And it may vary. You know, you've got people today who may, I'm just doing Netflix at home and general productivity apps like uh, 
checking my email and surfing the web and things like that, some light email stuff. You know, now with online gaming, of course, especially if you've got a, got a couple of kids and you're playing, you know, Madden football or MVP the show, which is my favorite baseball game on the, on the, on the PlayStation. Um, you know, if you really want to be a good gamer, you have to have great um, bandwidth. And by the way, minimal latency, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a big topic we could get into. So, so, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, that topic is what's your experience been? And I don't know whether that Netgear has data on this. I suggest you probably do in terms of what are the most popular, you know, usage model, that's a very sophisticated term, but applications are people doing at home right now? Sure. sure. So, I mean, obviously in the last, um, you know, few years, streaming has, has really um, gone through the roof. Exploded, uh, right. Yeah. And it's, and it's obviously for folks like myself, it's the Netflix, but for kids, it can be the shorter uh, videos, the, the social videos, the YouTubes and the, the TikToks and those kinds of things, but they'll be on those things for hours. So I think video streaming is probably the biggest application that's seen the spike uh, and particularly the ones that consume a lot of bandwidth. Right? Mm -hmm. Now that's whether you're working from home or not, um, but Zoom and, and video conferencing is is another big one, and it takes a lot of bandwidth as well. So I think you've got the productivity of video conferencing, and it mm -hmm. could be could be Skype or or, or Teams or or Slack or any of those kinds of applications. Um, and then the I think the streaming is the other the other big one. Now um, you mentioned gaming earlier. The good news about gaming is it does not take a lot of bandwidth. But you did mention it is really, really sensitive to latency. Yes. And so, um, you know, um, when, when I, I, for me, it's, it's children, but anyone can play. I mean, all ages are playing games. But when we're doing one thing and the gaming is going at the same time, if I impact the gameplay, I'm going to hear about it from my son Correct. very quickly. Um, he's not going to impact me if I'm doing a, a video conference or something like that, but I would impact him if, if the network uh, can't support it. So I think uh, the online streaming, uh, I think the, uh, the productivity, particularly around video conferencing and then the online gaming are kind of the three applications that are really driving a lot of bandwidth and network usage. Um, but I will say there's another invisible application, uh, which most people don't really think about, which is their smart home devices because yes. there's no person there. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we think of applications like, what am I doing? Am I mm -hmm. streaming? Am I gaming? Am I working? But there's an invisible application, which is I've got cameras around my house that are always on and always sending data to the cloud, right? I've got um, a doorbell that's, that's, you know, connected to the network and is going to, you know, send me a text when someone's at my front door. Um, if you keep going down the, the list there, pretty much anything that you're buying that's, that's uh, a consumer electronic is connected and is always connected to quote unquote the cloud. The good news is other than video, uh, the cameras, a lot of them don't take a lot of bandwidth, but they're always connecting. And the more devices you have connecting at the same time, uh, it can have an impact on the network. But I think yes. the, the, the three applications that are, cons uh, that are person centric of streaming, of productivity and of gaming combined with the smart home is really what's, what's, what's really driving up the adoption of, of, and usage of the home network. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, and, and, and it, you know, this will sometimes surprise people, but even in an average home, an average home might have 15, 20 different devices that are in the home. I mean, I'm, I'm a single guy. I'm in my, you know, lovely condo in, at Santana Row in San Jose. I've been here for 13 years. And, you know, I'll look at, um, we'll get into this in a second, but I'll look at, use the Orbi app as I use the Orbi router, which is yeah. wonderful. And I'll see that I have maybe 35 different devices and I'm a single guy, 
you know, yep. between my, you know, Nest uh, thermostat and uh, ring doorbell and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of um, devices competing for that bandwidth. It may not be t consuming a lot of bandwidth, but it's competing for it. And the last thing you want, you know, if you've got a ring doorbell and it's not working when someone comes to the door, you know, because it can't get access to the router, that's a problem, you know? So, you know, so, and we'll get into some of the solutions that, that Netgear has in terms of, um, uh, you know, addressing uh, that problem. Um, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is that, and why I think this is such a great time for people, you know, you know, you're spending a lot of time at home. These are great decisions that you can make that will impact your long-term, you know, productivity in terms of working from home. And even after you go back to the office in a few weeks, um, you know, let's talk about um, the fact that, you know, most people still have legacy routers. I mean, it's not unusual. Uh, you know, I was at, in fact, I was at, uh, a relative's uh, place over the um, over the holidays, and they believe it or not, they had an, an 802.11b router. I mean, it had to be 10 years old. And you know, my first inclination was, "You got to be kidding me!" I mean, and they wanted, you know, they were they're, they're in their 80s, and they wanted to do um, their big application turn on because they had never done it before was accessing Netflix. And the first thing we did was we went down to Best Buy and we, we, we got them a, a new router. But, you know, the um, fact of the matter is people do have old routers. Um, in many cases, people are getting their routers from their ISP. Um, some people, you know, even though the ISPs have done a better job recently upgrading their routers to, you know, more uh, relevant technology, very often, um, you know, people will not change their routers because if the router might be in a place in the home where, hey, it still works, so I'm not going to fool around with it. I'm not going to change it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about why it's such a great time now, uh, David, in terms of, you know, if you're going to contemplate getting a brand new router, and we'll go into the couple of different buckets of technology that's an interesting, that didn't exist uh, maybe five or six years ago. Let's talk about some of those topics of why it's such a great time that, you know, making a, a, a router um, uh, update could be a very beneficial to you if you're working at home. Sure. Yeah. I, mean, I think um, you know you you mentioned like um, you've got you've got all these things going on at the same time. When do you update your network? Should you? Um, a lot of folks, and, and I understand why. It, it can be a little scary to uh, to touch the router or to touch the gateway. Yes. Um, the last thing you want is to be out of out of connectivity for any extended period of time. And so there are many people who. Um, even though it, the, the network may not be doing exactly what they want it to do, it may not support, you know, connect on the, on the upper, upper floor or the backyard, or it may not give you the speed you need, they're maybe reluctant to, uh, to change it out because of that fear factor. And I think um, one of the things we've done over the years is try to make, to try to eliminate the fear factor, right? And, and we do that uh, by creating different types of products for different situations. So for example, if you have, uh, a, an integrated gateway router from your ISP that has a phone line in it, it has all these different things and you're really concerned about uh, removing it. Um, well, we sell, for example, range extenders, uh, mesh range extenders that you, you can leave that, that gateway in place. You don't have to touch it, but you can accessorize around it. And mm -hmm. that, that's the term you use, accessorize your network rather than replace your network, right? Right. Um, and, and, and that actually can extend coverage. It can help with uh, managing a, a large number of devices as well. Uh, and so we have a, a portfolio of products we call wireless mesh range extenders uh, to add on to gateways. And we found in, in some of our surveys and, 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 and data collection is that about a, a third, uh, only about a third of the customers are buying our range extenders 
to connect to a Netgear router. They're mm-hmm. connecting to competitive routers. They're connecting to uh, the ones that are given away or, or subsidized by the ISP. So that's one solution to, to consider. Um, but you know, ultimately, it, it depends on if, if, if your device is really, really old, uh, and may, you might be paying a monthly fee yes. for that device. Depending yes. on who your, who your carrier is, your, your provider, sometimes you look on the bill, it might be $13.99 a month. So you know, on the one hand, there's a, you know, can I improve my network? But there also could be a money savings um, payback period that you want to consider. Well, so and, and, that's, and, that's, and by the way, that's not insignificant because, you know, you might say, well, it's 12, 13 bucks a month. Who cares? It adds up. You know, <laughs> but in the case of my, my uh, relatives, they probably had this, this ancient router probably for nine or 10 years. Now you do the yeah. math. 12 or yeah. $13 times 12 times eight or nine years. That's a big number, you know, in yeah. terms of the money you can save. And by the way, you know, you're not getting probably the best throughput experience from a, from a yeah. performance standpoint. So I, that's not a trivial um, reason not to, uh, to I think it's a, a powerful reason to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one other thing to consider is that there's a lot of, uh, there's new technology all mm-hmm. the time. And if you ask anybody, what's the most important uh, connected device that they own is probably their smartphone, <laughs> right? right. The one yes. You know, mm-hmm. the stickiest device in their home. Um, about in the last year, both two of the biggest uh, phone manufacturers, Samsung and, and Apple, you know, the Galaxy and the iPhone, have upgraded their Wi-Fi to a new um, version of Wi-Fi called Wi-Fi 6. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, just like every other technology in the world, every few years there's a new, there's a new generation. And you see it in TVs that go from, 720p to 1080p to 4k and 8k it's the same thing in wi-fi and this is the sixth generation of wi-fi uh and it uh, the technology is called 802.11ax but most people call it wi-fi 6. it's been out for just over a year and the big benefit of wi-fi 6 is is designed to support many many devices in parallel mm-hmm. so you ask me what are some of the questions you'd want to ask yourself to consider is it time to upgrade well, did you recently buy new Wi-Fi 6 enabled phones? So if you bought an iPhone 11 or you bought a Galaxy, I'm not sure the number, but the one that came out last year, mm-hmm. well, that means you're starting to get Wi-Fi 6 device in your home. Now you can really take advantage of right. Wi-Fi 6 home networks. So uh, that's, that's another kind of decision point uh, that, that can come into your head. Uh, is well, then, and, and that's a good point. That's a good point because, you know, everybody keeps talking about 5G and we'll, we'll get into 5G in a little bit, but, you know, 5G is great. 5G isn't there yet. I mean, from an infrastructure standpoint, sure. it's still going to take some time for the build out. Now, I personally would not go out and buy a new smartphone today unless it had 5G because I'm a future proofing type of guy. But, you know, Wi-Fi 6 is a bit of a different story because starting at the middle of part, early part of last year, about every notebook manufacturer, Dell, uh, Lenovo, HP, everyone's been shipping with Wi-Fi 6, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, having, now to take full advantage of it, you have to have a router that's, that's Wi-Fi 6 compliant, of yes. which we'll talk about that in a, in a second. But my point is, is that if you really want great wireless performance, Wi-Fi performance in your home, you can get it right now. You don't have to wait. You know, it's not like 5G where I got to, you know, I got to believe that the towers are going to be in place seven months from now or 10 months right. from now or whatever to get that late, uh, performance. Because, you know, that Wi-Fi 6, and I, and I will say my, myself, I didn't believe it. But, you know, I'm a lucky person that I do get access to your, your, your products and technology very early is that I've been using Wi-Fi 6 in my home for probably 
seven or eight months. And it really is a, it's almost like a tethered experience. You know, you, it's all, you almost feel like you have an ethernet and, and probably the numbers are very, would support that. Um, it's like having an ethernet cabled experience, which is fabulous. You know, from yeah. a, there's very little latency when you stream a video, it snaps to attention. I've noticed an improvement from a gaming standpoint. Uh, to be very honest mm -hmm. with you, I, I've seen that, mm -hmm. but it's absolutely a fabulous uh, capability that you can take advantage of right today. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that this is, uh, and unfortunately, this scenario in right now is driving a lot of people to reconsider their home networks, and I think Wi-Fi six uh, adoption will increase partially because people are looking to upgrade right now. I, I've got uh, all my friends know I work at Netgear, but in the last <laughs> few weeks, I've gotten a lot more phone calls uh, and emails about networking questions. Yes. Than I have last uh, year because everyone's at home, and um, you know it's it's we talk about productivity and working from home, um, but I think we also have to realize that this uh, stay-at-home or or, or quarantine-ish kinds of user uh, lifestyle is there's a there's a social aspect as well. We are all used to spending time with our friends and family, and now we're asked to stay at home, and one of the ways people are coping with that is is coming up with virtual ways to socialize. Um, great examples is, is um, you know, last evening, I had a, a Sunday dinner with my family who was in Seattle, in Los Angeles, here in the Bay mm -hmm. Area. We did all over Zoom. Right. I'm gonna do a happy hour with some friends. Everyone's gonna buy their own beer. We're gonna do that <laughs> Thursday or Friday, all right. over Zoom. And, and then there was a, a famous DJ in New York, uh, D Nice, who did an online DJ party on Saturday and 100,000 people watching him. So we're gonna find new ways to adapt to this, the social aspects, in addition to the, obviously the economic and productivity and all these things are important too, but the social aspects important as well. Again, it's gonna have a big impact on how well is your connectivity. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting about that is that, um... There was an episode of Modern Family that was done about four, three, four, five years ago called Connection Lost. And the episode, if you recall that episode, because it was kind of a precursor to the whole multiple video. Yeah. Um, you know, people, you know, people have to, are today conditioned via FaceTime or via Skype or via Zoom. I can call on a one-on-one -on -one basis and see one person. I think the, the, the usage model is still advanced for many people, especially people who are not in the, in, the, in the tech space like we are, is the ability to interact with multiple people with video at the same time. And, you know, tools mm -hmm. like Zoom make it really easy. FaceTime actually has been supporting it for, you know, well over a year, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think probably two years. Not, not, not many people take advantage of it which is strange, but yeah. the bottom line is that you can, you know, view, you know, multiple um, video windows at the same time to have that kind of group experience in a, in a virtual type of manner. So I think that is actually a very, very experienced, um, it's an important distinction, I think. And again, you know, having a Wi-Fi 6 router will make that experience that much more immersive. Now, let's talk a little bit about mesh networking because, you know, I hate that phrase, you know, when you say mesh network, <laughs> the word mesh, you know, there's a technical reason why it's called mesh, and we'll get into that. But let's talk about why mesh is such an—it's such a uh, important new technology category. It's—it's—it is the hottest um, technology cat, uh, category at, at, at U.S. retail. And when people are buying routers, they're typically buying a mesh router. And there's a number of good companies out there. Netgear is not the only one, but Netgear certainly has got tremendous tremendous credibility in the space. Explain to the audience what a mesh router does. What sure. magic does it does it drive? Sure. It, it comes back to the very first question uh, I asked, which was, where is your workspace, right? Mm -hmm. And in the old days, your workspace was probably right next to your router because that's kind of where your home office was. Today, 
people need connectivity everywhere in their home and they need it in their backyard and they need it in their front yard, they need it in the garage because everything is connected. Um, and what they found is that historically one wireless router or gateway just by simple laws of physics is very difficult to cover an entire home or backyard property. Mm -hmm. so and right. what we've, uh, what mesh networking is, is basically instead of having one wireless router, think about it as having multiple scattered around your home that collectively give you coverage around the home. And as you walk around your home with your phone or um, you will automatically be connected to the correct wireless router. Right. Uh, the, 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 the metaphor would be if your cell phone, as you're driving down the freeway, will connect to a different tower, you know, every you know, mile or so or half a mile or so, you're connected to different towers, right? And always maintaining that connectivity. Mesh networking does the exact same thing. All of your devices in your home will connect to the best quote unquote node or, or, or mesh point in your home. Mm -hmm. And as devices move around the home, will automatically dynamically move you to it. So that you always get very, very fast speeds, even at the outer edges of your property. And mesh networking is scalable. You can start off with just a pack of two, you know, one main and one satellite, so to speak. Um, and if you're a larger home, you add a third. A larger home, you add a fourth. Uh, we've got people with six, seven of them in, you know, big, big, big homes. We've got, out, we've got outdoor versions of our mesh products uh, right. that can actually extend to your pool house or your, uh, you know, detached barn. I mean, we have people with all sorts of uh, user experiences there. But a mesh networking trend is really that, one, people want to cover their whole home and they want to cover it with the same speed that you get two feet from the router, they want it at the outer edges. And that's really only able to be done with mesh networking. And for Netgear, it's a product called Orbi. Uh, but there, I, as you I, mentioned, there's other products in the space as well. But our Orbi product line is known as, as being, you know, the, the, the flagship, uh, you know, a performance king within the mesh category. Right. And, and it, found, it sounds very sci-fi, you know, sci but all of this is done behind the scenes. I mean, when you go from room to room, the yeah. this, the, uh, the the device automatically knows which is the closest you know um, Orbi device to connect to or mm -hmm. the, the the closest satellite device. I think what's interesting and you kind of pointed to it is that I, first of all the, um, the the Orbi Wi-Fi six model that I've been using for the past um, uh, past uh, uh, couple of months or so um, you know has an enormous range. Just the base package, I think it's forty five hundred square feet. If I'm not yep. mistaken, it's not accurate. And, yep. and the reason why that's so important is that going back to the, the, the smart home discussion we were having before, it's not uncommon today for people to have security cameras outside their home. And you might have one near the pool house. You may want to have down in the driveway. And even if you're able to get it powered, you have electricity there, you have to have a way. You're not going to want to run an Ethernet cable to a device. So, mm -hmm. you know, having that type of blanket Wi-Fi coverage in a very wide you know, almost kind of a dome type of effect where you can get that kind of extended coverage is really important for those devices that are on, that are on the fringe, correct? Yeah, for sure. Especially if, the, if the, like as you mentioned, if the device is a camera uh, and it's used for security, then it better have good connectivity. Yes. Otherwise, there goes your security. It better, and you, and, you know, you want to see who's at your front door. You don't want to just see a, a figure. You want to see a face. You want to see it in, in HD, which means you have to have pretty good bandwidth and coverage out there. So, um, in the old days, you just add a couple of range extenders and it would, you know, connect those devices. But right. today, it's not just about connectivity out there. It's about having high performance and connectivity at those outer edges. And that's what mesh is all about. Right. You know, one topic, and this has been fabulous, uh, David, you know, lots of great, great information here. One topic I do want to hit, and, and probably this will drive another podcast call uh, uh, down, the, down the road, is that, you know, 5G is coming. 
you know, if yep. maybe we look at 5G and the brain. And, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about it for a couple of minutes because I really think that, you know, 5G obviously is going to be a game changer. I'm not going to be the, the first analyst in the world that has made that kind of, that kind of um, you know, prophetic statement. But the reason why I think it's going to be very important for the home is that in many cases, and this is probably going to be a year out, a couple of years out, there are many people that will find that 5G will become their broadband pipe in their home. Mm-hmm. And now, and you just can't have 30 devices connecting to a 5G signal, even if they're 5G compatible, which many smart home devices are not. Let's talk a little bit about why it's important that, you know, there's probably a router in your future one day that will, you know, take a 5G connection and convert that to a Wi-Fi signal so other devices can take advantage of it with all the, uh, the protections and security mm-hmm. and management advantages that you get with a router. But let's talk about, you know, what, what Netgear is doing in that space because I, sure. I kind of call it the, the, the combo 5G router space. But let, let's talk about that for a moment. Sure. If, if I could just kind of, um, kind of give you a little bit of history on what we've done so far and where we see it yeah. going. Yeah. Um, you know, we sell mobile hotspots today. These are little handheld battery powered devices that give you Wi-Fi and connects to, you know, your AT&T or Verizon or, or Sprint uh, connection. And historically, people put those in their laptop bag and when they go on trips, they use it for connectivity. Um, we found that a lot of people were using those as their primary home internet connection. They were using mobile hotspots, little battery powered as their primary. And we're like, well, why is that happening? So we started talking to them. We said, why, you know, you, why don't you just use cable or, or DSL or whatever? Why are you using this? And, and what we found out is that a lot of people, for some reason, uh, wireline, which is cable, DSL, uh, wireline internet broadband is problematic. Mm-hmm. It could live in rural areas, for example, and the and the and the coverage of coax or cable is not very good, or the right. coverage or speed of copper uh, from the company is not very good. And what they found is that using their mobile coverage LTE, for example, is the best way to get internet connectivity. And they use our mobile hotspot to share it with all the Wi-Fi devices in their home. So we started to think, well, if that's already happening, they're taking a product that was not designed for home use. It was designed mm-hmm. for travel use, but they're using it for home use. Well, then clearly there's an opportunity to create a product de- designed for home use for that same purpose. And we announced a product, a, a, an Orbi product, that instead of using plugging into your cable modem or your DSL modem, it, you, you plug in a SIM card and it connects to your LTE uh, signal. And we announced that at, at, at uh, CES this year, and it'll be it'll be shipping very soon because we see that in the future, uh, mobile. LTE and of course 5G takes it a step further will be an alternative to uh, your wireline broadband. Right. Um, and as and you think about it, what, are, what what would what would be the barrier for that happening? Well, pricing. You know, how much does it cost to pay for that? You know, unlimited data plan that you'll need to really support mm-hmm. your home. Uh, and that cost to the consumer has been coming down because people all you can eat data plans are out there. But there's also a cost to the mobile mobile operator, right? It's it, it's it, it can load up. I mean, imagine if everything in your house is going over the LTE signal, or right? Correct. Bog down their networks, and that's what 5G is going to fix. Right. So I think 5G is going to start to make the reality of wireless as an alternative to cable or DSL or fiber in the home, and you're going to get multiple choices. So today, I live in in uh, the Bay Area. If I want high-speed internet, I really have one choice, and that's Xfinity. 
right? Yes. If you want really good speeds. And in, 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 in New York, it might be Verizon's the only choice. And then somewhere else, it might be AT&T. But typically, there's one really good high-speed choice in a given region. With 5G, you're going to have choice. You right. can use a wireline option or a wireless option. And I think what that will, generally, that will, will deliver is faster speeds and lower prices for the consumer. Right. And we I, see I, a big I, opportunity for a mobile, sorry, a fixed wireless mm-hmm. gateway that today is LTE, but tomorrow will be 5G. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, uh, you guys are headed in the right direction. That's going to happen. You know, I wish I could bet money on that uh, because the, uh, I think that we're, we're here for, uh, where I think we've got tremendous disruption that's in front of us, which is, I think at the end of the day will be very positive for consumers because I think you will see all-you-can-eat data plans from the 5G carrier guys. And, uh, you know, competition is always a good thing. You know, you know, you might be satisfied with your ISP who doesn't have 5G support. They're going to have to get more aggressive from a pricing standpoint if they want to keep you. But I certainly think that's going to happen. This has been terrific, David. Thank you for um, calling in today's podcast. Any other remaining messages you'd like to share with the audience in terms of uh, tips or points you like, would like to make before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, if you've got kids who are at home now, uh, they're playing online games. We used to hate that they play games. But this is a way for them to connect to their friends as well and make sure they are still uh, having their social outlets. So let's let them play these games. But if they have low latency, you might need to update, update the network. <laughs> well, great. Well, listen, David, thank you for your uh, time. Appreciate you calling in today. I want to thank the More Insights and Strategy audience for listening to today's um, podcast. Please follow us on our usual social media suspect partners. It's LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. And please be safe with your families. I hope all is well as we go through this situation. It will all get past us. I think we're all very optimistic that there is light at the end of the tunnel. But thanks again for listening to today's podcast. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.